Hey, Jeffrey Craner here to tell you about other shows we make at Night Vale Presents. We have Random Number Generator Horror Podcast Number 9, where the voice of Night Vale, Cecil Baldwin, and I talk about horror movies one at a time in a random order. I've always been horror movie squeamish, so if you are too, this show will fill you in on what you're missing without having to see a scary movie at all. Or, maybe like me, it'll start to get you into horror films. But if you're already a horror movie lover, we do a deep look at each film, so you'll love this podcast too. Just look for Random Horror 9 wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're looking for fiction podcasts, maybe try Within the Wires or Alice Isn't Dead. Written by me and novelist Janina Mathewson, Within the Wires is an immersive fiction podcast using found audio from an alternate universe. Each season is a standalone story, ranging in styles from a prison escape told through relaxation tapes, to a love story told in voicemail messages, to a missing person mystery told through museum audio guides. There are already eight seasons of Within the Wires for you to binge right now. And finally... Alice Isn't Dead is Joseph Fink's thriller about a truck driver searching America for the wife she long assumed was dead. The Irish Independent called Alice Isn't Dead the gold standard of story podcasting, effortlessly straddling genres of gritty realism, horror, and mystery. All three seasons of Alice Isn't Dead are ready for you to listen to right now. So check out Random Horror 9, Within the Wires, or Alice Isn't Dead at nightvalepresents.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. The trees are dying again. You know it. I know it. The trees know it. They have known it for decades, centuries in some cases. The shiver of cyclic, symbolic death... A rattle in the cold night air. A rustle in the footsteps of a hungry deer. It is October and something is different. It is October and the trees draw the crackling red and orange curtain on the year's final act. It is October and so, listeners, dear listeners, Night Vale Community Radio is proud to introduce the October Monologues. I am lonely. Oh, I see people. I see lots of people, every day. I see you right now. I see you, Caleb, sitting in your rolling desk chair, hunched over your computer. I am a faceless old woman who secretly lives in your home, watching you download yet another video game, Caleb. But seeing people and being with people are different things. Different ideas altogether. I miss touch, most of all. A father's hand, a friend's arms, a lover's chest. I still touch, am touched, but it is not the same. It is not a mutual touch. My touch is unwelcome, unfriendly, unwanted. 
yet I touch because I love. And I love you, Caleb. I do. I know you don't believe me, after what I did to you tonight, but I do. My love is not romantic, nor maternal. It's not platonic, either. I love you the way a deer loves a cornfield. It is safe. It is nourishing. It is in its DNA to want to be there. To hide, to eat, to play. You're very much like a cornstalk, Caleb. You are loved and you are benign. Better than benign, you are a contribution to this world. The cornstalk is unaware that a deer loves it so much that it will bend it and stomp it until its edible morsels spill out from its crumpled, empty husk. The cornstalks, there are so many cornstalks, do not understand that they are so loved by the deer as to be devoured. You've seen a kitten before, Caleb. I know you have. Sometimes kittens are so cute. So, 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 so cute that you want to put them in your mouth. Do you understand that kind of love, Caleb? That kind of touch? You do not. No one does. And this is why I am lonely. But I think you know that. You're different. You're lonely, too. That's not what makes you different. We're all lonely in our own way. You're different, Caleb, because you know I am here. You see me even when I do not want to be seen. No one has been able to do that in at least 200 years. Sometimes you speak to me. Not in terror, not in rage. I have heard many of these voices in my life from those who feared and detested my presence. No, you ask me my name. I won't tell you. Not yet. You tell me about your day. I'm sorry your new boss is so mean. I will rectify this. And last night... You prepared a dinner for me. You're not a good cook. I can smell that much. But it was your gesture of generosity that touched me. You made cacio e pepe, a recipe you learned from TikTok. And you prepared a bowl just for me. You waited to see if I would appear, and when I did not, you told me you understood wanting to eat alone, so you left it for me on the dining room table as you went to play the new flight simulator. Few men have ever been this kind to me without being frightened into it first, or without using their kindness as a disguise. I think you genuinely understand your own quiet desperation among the mass of men. And in turn, you understand others, too. I don't trust the kindness of men, Caleb. I don't trust the kindness of women, either. Or anyone else's kindness, to be truthful, but I especially do not trust men's kindness. There are exceptions. Andre, whose kindness was loyalty and honesty. And Albert, although his was a much different kind of kindness. But Caleb, 23-year-old, unshaven, video game-loving, boss-hating, aimless Caleb, your kindness frightens me. I'm scared of what you want. What it is you plan to take from me. Kind men have stolen my childhood, my morals, my money, my love, my life, and my family. What will you take from me, Caleb, that I have not already lost? I am afraid. I am afraid to respond to your gentle bait of friendship, 
because I am afraid you will take my loneliness from me. I am lonely, and that is a choice I have made for myself. One day, Caleb, you will die. I know exactly when. It will not be at my hand, although I will do nothing to stop it. It is my fate, my path, to know such things. And in your death, you will return my loneliness to me, and it will be a horror to behold, bloody and misshapen. My loneliness, not recognizing its former owner, will howl an unholy and unceasing cry, and I will not be able to bear it. This is what I fear, Caleb. And this is why I took the bowl of Cascio e Pepe you left for me and hurled it against the wall, just missing your cheek. I'm not sad that you screamed at me. I'm happy that you did so. This is how it has to be. We are not enemies, Caleb. No, no. I love you deeply. Deeper than you can know. I am your dear, Caleb. And you are my corn. The fiery flash of fall leaves stuns us, captivates us, fireworks in slow motion, or the crackling embers of a finishing flame. Upon the leaves are written instructions for how to make oxygen, how to give life with every exhalation, how to find flare in fading grace, and how to raise new life by falling to your death. The leaves know they will return again. So much will return again. We return now to the October monologues. There's this new song I like, but I don't want to tell you what it is. I find it kind of embarrassing. Usually I love to talk about my favorite music. There was that summer I was obsessed with the new single by St. Vincent. The single came in the form of a glazed vase containing three blue flowers. Only one was ever made, and I got the only copy. I found it very catchy, but the flowers eventually died. Or the year I spent listening over and over to that new Janelle Monet album. Ah, I forget the name, but the cover was a black and white picture of a well, and if you didn't share it with someone else in seven days, you would die. Of course, no one ever died because the album was so good, people just couldn't stop telling their friends to listen. My favorite song of all time is a blank cassette tape still in its plastic wrapper. It was owned by a man named Gary Choi. He was a real estate lawyer, reasonably successful, but he always dreamed of being a singer-songwriter. He dreamed all the time of quitting his job and writing songs, but he had never even written one song. Then one day, in a fit of optimism and energy, he bought this cassette, intending to make his first demo. But the day got away from him, and then the week, and then the rest of his life. And he never quit being a lawyer, and he never even wrote one song. This blank cassette tape, still in its wrapper, contains the potential of all the songs he could have written but never did, which is better and more powerful than any song anyone's actually managed to write. The potential of a thing is always more perfect than the reality of the thing. However, and this is the crucial drawback, the potential is absolutely useless, and the reality, however imperfect, can be quite useful. 
Anyway, I like to hold Gary Choi's unwritten demo and imagine what it would be like. Hold on, sorry, there's a customer. Welcome to Dark Owl Records. What? No. 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 Okay, bye. Sorry about that. Some people are so unreasonable. I don't even know what a Taylor Swift is. But there's a new song I like, and it's not cool like my other favorite songs. It's not a song that fits the kind of image I like to project. When I put on my mirrored leggings, my extra long jorts, and my really big hat, people expect something from me. They expect me to be on the cutting edge. They expect me only to be into bands that aren't popular yet, or will never be popular, or that frankly don't know how to play their instruments very well. And the song I like now, it's not any of those things. It's ordinary. It's popular. I don't want to say what it is. Remember when I only listened to the sounds of bees buzzing? That was a good summer. Of course, I got stung once or twice or 30 times. Hold on, sorry. There's a customer. Welcome to Dark Owl Records. Hey. 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 Thanks, nice to see you again. Sorry about that. I'm tired of being cool. I was going to say trying to be cool, but trying implies the possibility of failure and there has never been a moment where I failed to be cool. But here's the hard truth I've come up against. Being cool is a young person's game. And that's not because young people are better or more interesting than older people. God no. God no. God no. It's that coolness itself is a concept tied to youth. Coolness is a reactionary manifestation of insecurity. The more insecure you are, the cooler you need to be. It's colorful plumage. But as I've gotten older, I no longer need flashy plumage. I just want to sit in the comfort of who I am and not worry about what that looks like from the outside. Anyway, I can't stop listening to Karma Police by Radiohead. It's just... Ah, a good song, you know? Hold on, sorry, there's a customer. You. You'll never catch me alive! An abundance of words. Words falling, fluttering to the earth. Words crunching beneath our feet. They were beautiful once, the words. Now they are beginning to rot, to wilt, to compost, to ferment new growth, to fertilize new words growing upon great trunks of paragraphs and chapters, but not now. Those will come later. Now the words sputter and drop in spiraling arcs to the ground. Here, then, are the final few brightly painted words falling upon you now. The October Monologues. What does it mean to be believed? 
I've always known that Night Vale isn't like other places. As long as I can remember, I could see that. I could also see that no one else could see it. I was alone in my knowledge. Knowledge may be power, but power is often lonely. My grandfather knew. He could see that I was like him. Steve, he would say, us Carlsbergs have always been the town pariahs, but just because they hate you doesn't mean they're right. I would sit at night as a kid and listen to Cecil on the radio. He was the same age as he is now, and at the time he seemed so wise. But I would hear him dismiss what I knew shouldn't be dismissed. I would hear him cover up what should be uncovered, and I would know with a child's certainty that it was wrong. I loved him still. Everyone in town loves Cecil. It is possible to love someone who you know is doing wrong. It's terribly easy, in fact. What does it mean to be believed? As a teenager, I started trying to express what I saw about the world. I gave a presentation in my social studies class called Night Vale, There's Literally Nowhere Like It, and I thought it was informative. The class all plugged their ears in unison. The teacher stopped me a minute in, glancing nervously at the eight surveillance cameras monitoring the classroom. Are you trying to get us all killed? The teacher hissed at me. I remember that her breath smelled like strawberry Jolly Ranchers, and there was a loose crumb of mascara in the sweat of her temples. No, I said. I didn't know what to say. It's not the kind of question that demands a sincere answer. The report earned me a trip to the principal's office, and then the re-education pit, which honestly is not as bad as its name. I mean, almost not as bad. It's pretty bad. It's a pit for re-education. So... Certainly learned something from that re-education. I learned that you're equally likely to be punished for being right as you are for being wrong. What does it mean to be believed? I was a young man entering the workforce, and I had long ago learned to hide away what I knew about our city. I had learned the handshake and the smile, the nod and the necktie, all the signifiers that hid what I truly signified. All of life is a code, and I had been taught the key against my will. I got a job as a bank teller at the last bank of Nightvale. I studied with great interest the townsfolk who came and went there. I learned about their lives and their secrets and what kind of money they made from the whispered deals out back in quiet parking lots just before the sun went down, pulled up next to a black sedan that contained their handler who they only knew by a false first name. But I couldn't forget what I knew, even if I learned a play act that I had. What I know shapes who I am. I can't close my eyes. Not to this town I love. This weird and secret town I love. What does it mean to be believed? Then I married into the family of Cecil Palmer, host of Nightvale Community Radio. And he hated me. Because he could see that I knew. And after all these years, my mask had slipped a little. I had lost my interest in hiding. I wanted to speak the truth as I knew it. Nothing could be more threatening to Cecil. His life and livelihood depended on speaking the truth as the city council wanted it, or as the vague yet menacing government agencies crafted it. And here I was, pointing out to him the sky. There are glowing arrows in the sky. There are dotted lines and arrows and circles. The sky is a chart that explains the entire world. I tried to tell him, and this only made him hate me more. I tried to share who I was with him, and this only made him recoil. Abby listened to my stories, but she never shared my enthusiasm for the truth. 
Let it lie, she would say. Let it lie. But that's the point. I can't let it lie, and I can't lie. We've done that for too long. We've let our town sit heavy under the weight of euphemism and half-truth. And unless someone just said what they saw for once, we would be crushed eventually by that weight. And then it all changed. I wasn't alone. The others saw that we lived in a weird place. And do you know what? We kept existing. Our world didn't end merely because we dared acknowledge it. Cecil and I are friends now. I haven't forgotten how he treated me. But I understand it. And I forgive it. Forgiveness and understanding are not the same as forgetting. What does it mean to be believed? It means everything. It means all. And as the leaves are done, so are the October monologues. All that can be said has been said. And all that can be said will be said again. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geo-engineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image, but when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. Binge all episodes of The Last City, ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. Support for Welcome to Night Vale comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software, or you just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switch to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash nightvale. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash nightvale. Odoo, modern management made simple. Welcome to Night Vale is a production of Night Vale Presents. It is written by Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner and produced by Disparition. The voice of Night Vale is Cecil Baldwin. The voice of the faceless old woman was Mara Wilson. The voice of Michelle Wynn was Kate Jones. The voice of Steve Carlsberg was Hal Lublin. Original music by Disparition. All of it can be found at disparition.bandcamp.com. Comments, questions, email us at info at welcometonightvale.com or follow us on Twitter at Night vale Radio. Or don't, I don't know. Live your life your way. Check out welcometonightvale.com for info about our special Halloween live stream production of our classic live show, Ghost Stories. We're going to bring the spooky right to your home. Today's proverb. Listen, it might seem like everything's bad right now.
Hi, I'm Jeffrey Craner, and I wanted to tell you about one of my other podcasts, Random Number Generator Horror Podcast Number 9. So the thing is, my friend Cecil Baldwin, the voice of Night Vale, loves horror movies, and he's helping make the genre more approachable for me, and hopefully for you too, one film at a time, in a random order. Are you squeamish about horror movies? Look, I get it, and no worries. Just listen in, and we'll tell you everything that happens. But do you love horror movies? Well, that's great too. Watch along with us each week. We've got nearly 200 episodes covering everything from The Shining to Leprechaun 4 in Space. I'm serious, we go in a random order. So check out Random Horror 9 wherever you get podcasts.